Well, once more, we're going to go back to Luke chapter 23 to the, the penitent thief, the good robber, uh, as we've known him, uh, the fellow heir of eternal life as he is. Uh, these words from Luke 23, Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Let's pray. Father in heaven, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our strength and our rock and our redeemer, our savior. Amen. Guaranteed in Christ, you are loved unconditionally by your heavenly Father. Guaranteed through Christ, you are not defined by your past. Instead, you are defined by the future that you have been given in Jesus, which defines you as being someone who can say of yourself, I, who am I? I am blessed. Guaranteed because of Christ, this is not on you. Your salvation is 100% a matter of grace. And guaranteed by Christ, you will live with him forever. So let me ask you this. This is a question that's directed at you. Your personal integrity, your, your honor, your, your, your honesty, your reputation, are you a person of your word? I mean, if I have your word on something, is that all that I need in order to believe that you will do as you have said and you will keep your promise? Whatever it is you have committed yourself to, I have your word on it, that you will do it? Is that you, a person of your word? Now here's another question along the same lines. I take you to be people of your word, as I consider myself to be a person of my word. And so you've given a promise to someone, and, and yet they hesitate to believe you. Maybe at some point in time they got burned by somebody else, and so they're, they're cautious, and they hesitate to believe that you are good for what you say you are. What do you do to convince them that you are a person of your word? What do you do to defend your integrity and your honesty? Well, as kids, I hope I got this right now, we might say, Scout's honor, right? If we're trying to convince somebody that we're telling the truth, or if you wanted to make it a little bit stronger, you would say, cross my heart, hope to die. Remember saying that as a kid? And if you wanted to somehow kind of well, have a more sanctified tone to it, that you're, you're trying to convince your parents that actually what you are telling them is the truth, you'd say, I was swear on it on a stack of Bibles, so help me God. Is that how you do it? Firm to somebody that you're a person of your word? How, what did Jesus do? How did he do it? Here's an interesting fact about Jesus. 
in the New Testament, there are 76 times when someone spoke these words, I tell you the truth. Interestingly, Jesus is the only one who ever said it. I tell you the truth. Whenever Jesus had something important to say, something that should be listened to, something that should be believed in with all our hearts, he would speak these words. I tell you the truth. Or if you like the King James Version, verily, verily, I say unto thee. You've got to know that Jesus was looking him straight in the eye the man who was crucified to his right when he said these words I tell you the truth ironic isn't it that Jesus is speaking those words to a man who perhaps had just told the truth for the first time in a long time when he admitted and also brought the other guy into it that he was getting what he deserved. That was perhaps a, a rare moment of truth in his life. I tell you the truth. Ironic, isn't it, that Jesus would speak these words to a man who had been a thief? Given what we commonly know is said about thieves, there is no honor with thieves, is there? In other words, you cannot trust a thief to be telling you the truth. I tell you the truth. At that moment, the man to the right of Jesus was all ears because he had come to understand and recognize the special authority that this Jesus had, first in, in saying that he has done nothing wrong, and then more importantly, both recognizing and believing that Jesus is who he said he was, as indicated by what he then asks of Jesus. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom? I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. I wonder how he likes his room. Here's where that question comes from. I, I read a devotion that involved a family where a grandpa had died. And within the family, the, the adults, the parents, were kind of wondering how the smaller children, also known as the grandchildren, were understanding this, what had happened. That is until a short time later when the six-year-old boy said to his dad, does grandpa like his new room? You see, as it turns out, those parents had talked to their children that when a person dies who was believing in Jesus, that God gives him a new room in heaven to live in. A, a, a room that is just like he wants it to be. And that's why the boy's question came up. Does Grandpa like his new room? Do you think the man crucified to the right of Jesus likes his new room? Verily, 
Verily I say unto thee, the room that he had promised, today you will be with me in paradise. If you have any doubts as to whether or not Jesus made good on that promise to that man, I suppose I could tell you, you know what, we're just going to have to wait and see, aren't we? That we'll have to wait and see till we get to heaven, whether or not one, Jesus made good on his promise and the man is there, and two, if the guy likes his room. Or I could tell you this, you don't have to wait and see whether or not Jesus made good on his promise. You have his word on it. You have his word on it, a word that is good as demonstrated by the mere fact that Jesus is dying just off of this man's side. You have his word on it. A word that is good is demonstrated by the fact that following his death, Jesus rose from the dead just as he said. As Jesus said to the money changers when he drove them out of the temple, who demanded that he prove his word and his authority, and Jesus said, destroy this temple. He's quoting scripture. Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. And then it is noted in John chapter 2, same chapter of John, that, now I quote, after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. They believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. I'm sure that guy loves his room. Don't you agree? I'm sure you'll love your room as well. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you. And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to take you to be with myself so that where I am, you may be also. Karen and I experienced this recently. I'm sure you have too when you travel and you make a, a hotel reservation. They give you a confirmation number, don't they? To guarantee that you have a room for a certain night in a certain place. We don't get a confirmation number for our room in heaven. We get a name instead. Jesus. You have his word on it. Guaranteed, you will live forever with Jesus. As we Lutherans are fond of saying, even as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity, this is most certainly true. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts, your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.